dreaming of a white crystal.
consume those little candy-coated chocolate M&M's. I consume family. I consume independence. I consume music. I consume food, clothing, and shelter. I consume the Nike swoosh. I consume Just Do It. I consume Nautica and Tommy Hilfiger. I consume art that's A to the R to the T. I consume academia. I consume language. I consume memory. I consume the me that is me. It's easy to figure out who that is. Just consider what I consume.
consume education, I consume pro choice, I consume healthy food, I consume poetry, I consume text, I consume video, I consume New York, I consume South Africa, I consume the Middle East conflict as a New York South African Jew, I consume Iraq and the World Trade Center, but separately, of course, I consume good versus evil axes and all, I consume the US military, I consume Donald Rumsfeld, I consume John Ashcroft, I consume the UN Security Council, and... It's like the old proverb says, you are what you eat. Marx lived in society based on labor. I live in one based on consumption. I consume consumption. I consume anti-consumption. George W. Shaney, the Nasdaq, and the now Dow Jones. I consume Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, and Americans who don't know the difference. I consume what I think. I consume what I don't think. I consume culture. I consume counterculture. I consume sex. I consume gender. I consume identity. I consume anything I damn well please. God bless America.
via radio and internet. The best music flows through Cosmosis on WRFN Nashville, Tennessee.
convicted of assholism.
other jackals had reached his limit. It was now mid-August. Jumenti had been separated from Marsha for more than two months. Two months and all he had to show were three dog-eared letters and two very expensive long-distance phone calls. True when school had ended and she'd returned to Wisconsin and he to Locust, Pennsylvania, she had sworn to maintain a certain fidelity. She would date occasionally, but merely as amusement. She would remain faithful. But lately, Waldo had begun to worry. He had trouble sleeping at nights. And when he did, he had horrible dreams. He lay awake at night, tossing and turning, and he was treated quilt protected. Tears welling in his eyes, and he pictured Marsha, her sworn vows overcome by liquor and the smooth soothings of some Neanderthal, finally submitting to the final caresses of sexual oblivion. It was more than a human mind could bear. Visions of Marsha's faithlessness haunted him. Daytime fantasies of sexual abandon permeated his thoughts. And the thing was, they wouldn't understand who she really was. He, Waldo, alone understood this. He had intuitively grasped every nook and cranny of the psyche. He'd made her smile. She needed him, but he wasn't there. The idea came to him on the Thursday before the mama's parade was scheduled to appear. He just finished mowing and edging Yagelson's lawn for a dollar fifty, and I checked the mailbox to see if there was a piece of work in Russia. There was nothing but a circular from the Amalgamated Aluminum Company of America inquiring into his own news. At least they cared enough to write. There was a New York company. You could go anywhere in the mails. Then it struck him. He didn't have enough money to go to Wisconsin in the accepted fashion, true. But why not mail himself? It was absurd to see. He would ship himself parcel post special delivery. The next day, Waldo went to the supermarket to purchase the necessary equipment. He bought masking tape, a staple gun, and a medium-sized cardboard box just right for a person of his build. He judged that with a minimum of jostling, he could ride quite comfortably. A few air holes and water, and a few night snacks, and it would probably be as good as going tourist. By Friday afternoon, Waldo was set. He was thoroughly packed, and the post office had agreed to pick him up at three o'clock. He'd marked the package fragile, and as he sat curled up inside, resting on the foam rubber cushion in the top of the visit, he tried to picture the look of awe and happiness on Marsha's face as she opened the door, saw the package, tipped the deliverer, and then opened it to see her Waldo finally there in person. She would kiss him, and then maybe they could see a movie. If he'd only thought of this before. Suddenly, rough hands gripped his package, and he felt himself borne up. He landed with a thud in a truck and was off. Marsha Bronson had just finished setting her hair. It had been a very rough weekend. She had to remember not to drink like that. Bill had been nice about it, though. After it was over, he said he still respected her, and after all, it was certainly the way of nature. And even though, no, he didn't love her, he did feel an affection for her. And after all, they were grown adults. Oh, and Bill could teach Walden. But that seemed many years ago. Sheila Klein, her very, very best friend, walked in through the porch screen door and into the kitchen. Oh, God, it's absolutely morbid outside. Ah, I know what you mean. I feel all the heat. Marsha tightened the belt on her cotton robe with the silk underwear. 
feel it on her finger, it was some soft grains on the kitchen table, licked her finger and made a face. I suppose to be taking these salt pills, but she went to her nose. They make me feel like throwing up. Marsha started to pat herself under the chin, an exercise she'd seen on television. God, don't even talk about that. She got up from the table and went to the sink where she picked up a bottle of pink and blue vitamins. Walk one, supposed to be better than steak, and then attempted to touch her hands. I don't think I'd ever touch a daiquiri again. She gave up and sat down, this time near to the small table that supported the telephone. Lady Bill called, she said, to she was glass. She and me were in the cubicle. After last night, I thought maybe you'd be through with him. I know what you mean. My God, he's like an octopus, hands all over the place. She gestured, raising her arms upward in defense. The thing is, after a while, you get tired of fighting with him, you know. And after all, I didn't really do anything Friday and Saturday, so I kind of owed it to him. You know what I mean. She started to scratch. She was giggling with her hand over her mouth. I tell you, I felt the same way. And even after a while, she bent forward and whispered, I wanted to. Now she was laughing very loudly. It was at this point that Mr. Jameson of the Clarence Starrow Post Office rang the doorbell of the large stucco-covered frame house. When Marsha Bronson opened the door, he had her carrying package in. She had his yellow and his green slips of paper signed and left the 15-cent tip that Marsha had gotten out of her mother's small beige pocketbook in the den. What do you think it is, she asked. Marsha stood with her arms folded behind her back. She stared at the brown cardboard carton and sat in the room. I don't know. Inside the package, Waldo quivered with excitement as he listened to the muffled voices. She around her fingernail over the masking tape that ran down the center of the carton. Why don't you look at the return address and see who it's from? Waldo felt his heart beating. He could feel the vibrating footsteps. Really soon. Marsha walked around the carton and read the ink scratched label. Oh, God, it's from Waldo! Mark said she Waldo trembled with expectation. Well, you might as well open it, said Sheila. And both of them tried to lift the staple flap. Uh, he must have made it shut. They tugged in the flap again. My God, you need a power drill to get this thing open. They pulled again. Can't get a grip. They both stood still, breathing heavily. Why don't you get a scissor, said she. Marsha ran into the kitchen, but all she could find was a good sewing scissor. Then she remembered that her father kept a collection of tools in the basement. She ran downstairs, and when she came back up, she had a large sheet metal cutter in her hand. This is the best I could find, she tell you to Here, you do it. I'm going to die. She sank into a large fluffy couch and exhaled noisily. Sheila tried to make a slip between the masking tape and the end of the cardboard flap. But the blade was too big and there wasn't enough room. God damn this thing, she said to very softly. Then smiling, I got an idea. Watch it. Just watch the Sheila, touching her finger to her head. Inside the package, Waldo was so transfixed with excitement that he could barely breathe. His skin fell quickly from the heat, and he could feel his heart beating in his throat. It would be soon. Sheila stood quite upright and walked around to the other side of the package. Then she sank down to her knees, clasped the cover by both handles, 
took a deep breath and plunged the long blade through the middle of the package, through the cardboard, through the cushion, and right through the center of Waldo Jeffers' head, which split slightly and caused little rhythmic arcs of red to pulsate gently in the morning sun.
Find shelter from the mainstream storm of music with Cosmosis. Pretty soon you'll take a bride 
And then she said, just because you become a young man now, there's still some things that you don't understand now. Before you ask some girl for a hand now, keep your freedom for as long as you can now. My mama told me, you better shop around. Now. 
I know 
Escape the black hole of ordinary radio by Cosmosis at 98.9.
Tell me what you want.
Judy Green, say what you see, man. We got these questions. Is it true that you've sold your soul? I say, hey, man, I don't know. Let me quarter won't you. I'll call my accountant. Let's get out this. Get on with it. If you want to change the world, shut your mouth and stop this spinning. Get out this. Get on with it. Cosmosis is always free and clear, 
at 98.9 WRFN or stream it online at RadioFreeNashville.org. what you're looking for If you don't mind the fact that all the merchandise is used But with a little mending it could be as good as new Why you take for instance this old broken heart If you will just replace the missing parts You would be surprised to find how good it really is it and you never will be sorry that you did. The bargain store is open, come inside. You can easily afford the price. Love is all you need to purchase all the merchandise, and I can guarantee you'll be completely satisfied. Takes much money down in a thrift shop. In 
clothes that caught me. What a color scheme they taught me. My mother, she first brought me to a thrift shop. Took me down to a thrift shop, thrift shop. Thrift shop. But I found Sandra. I found a cape. Look at this thing. I found let, a cape. Let me see it. Let me see it, Dan. Look. Hold it up. It's my size. Yeah, honey, but it's got embroidered flowers, and, and I think it may be a tablecloth. Oh. But you know what? I could throw a button on it. You could just wear it anyway. Who's to say? Who's to say, Dan? You are such a friend. You could do that. You could put a button on it. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I even throw a zipper into it. Great. Thank you. <laughs> a zipper? Yeah. Uh, why not? And while you're at it, you know what? I like that shirt you're holding, but I think I'd like it better in hot pink. I think I'll throw it into the washer with some ripped dye and just spice it up for you. Oh, it would match my guitar. Exactly. Won't that be great? You are the best person to go to a thrift shop with. I know. And I'm, while I'm at it, I'm going to get that little Hawaiian print skirt for myself. And just walk down the street, a little T-shirt, Hawaiian print skirts and sandals. You know what? We're going to do this every Tuesday. I'd love to. I'm there. Thanks, Dan. <laughs>
that fits me in a stone Just remember it's flesh and bone Life's been so That strictly so Please remember it's flesh and bone Candy bars. But Bart, we don't have any money. There's gotta be a way. You better not be thinking of stealing those candy bars. That's it. Better not, Bart. So long, suckers. They got me. You just sit right there and think about your crying, you dirty little shoplifter thief. Yes. Is he scared? I think I got that kid so scared he can't even see straight. Good. Frighten him some more while I call his parents. Poor Bart. Well, boy, looks like the jig is... I know my rights. You can't hold me if you ain't got no evidence, copper. Uh, is it too late to make a full confession? Your father and I are very disappointed in you, Bart. Gee, I hadn't noticed. Bart, what have you learned from this experience, Bart? Well, Mom, I might have been caught and had a few bad moments there, but I gotta admit, chocolate was delicious. No, 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 Bart. The lesson is, ultimately, crime hurts the criminal. But that's not true, Mom. I got a free ride home, didn't I? <laughs>
give me, give me, give me, give me, give me
Goodness knows why I feel warm as toast Looking out for the ones I love most And as I walk through the pub door Their faces all light up some more It's Christmas Eve tea time and I At last I'm remembering why At Christmas time everything glows Cause everything's dead free When it snows Everything's dead free When it snows Yeah, everything's dead free When it snows Everything snows when